All right, you guys, thank you for being here to another episode of the Love of Purple podcast. Today, I have got an amazing guest, and I am honored that you've taken time out of your schedule, Shirley, to be here. Um, this is Shirley Weir from the Menopause Chicks. And before we get started, I just want to say something. <laughs> I, I, when I first, when Carrie first approached me to come and we're doing a speaking arrangement, you and I and Carrie Scullin, who a lot of my followers know, um, in White Rock, BC on July the 20th. And she said, okay, this is what, this is why I want to come. I'm like, all right, well, I'm so not there. Okay. I'll see what I can do. And I, yeah. So I thought, okay, this is good. I'm going to do a bit more research. I'm going to look into this. Well, I think comes to find out I am there and I've been in denial and I've not wanted to be. And I thought this is not going to affect me. I'm not even going to feel menopause. I don't, you know, it's not going to be because I've done some research on what you've talked about and I've watched a few of your, your videos and I'm like, oh God, I'm that person. I'm that person that's like, it's not gonna affect me or I didn't realize I had some certain symptoms around it that showed up in different ways. So I'm so excited actually to dive into this a bit deeper because I know lots of people feel exactly the same as me. And I'm 49, I turned 50 this year and this is, yeah, so this is a topic that I am not super versed on, but what I am versed on is speaking up and vouching for my own health. And that's something that I've done with a lot of my um, right. doctor practitioners, which I know is a huge thing for you as well. Totally. So thank you for being here. I so thanks appreciate you. Yeah. I'm like, this is, this is so out of my norm to have. So this is so, this is perfect. I love it. Cause I feel a pivot coming and this is part of it. So this is it wonderful. Might not even be out of the ordinary once we get <laughs> going. Yeah, exactly. So, um, tell me just a little bit about how you got into what exactly it is. I know I looked at your Facebook, um, like menopause chick. grow up to be a menopause chick. How did you grow up? How did you know this is what you wanted to do when you grew up? Yeah. <laughs> did not, could not have predicted that I was going to grow up and be a menopause chick. Um, uh, first of all, thanks for having me. I look forward to sharing the platform with you in, right, in White Rock this summer. And it's really cool that we share Terry in common. Um, I am 56 years old. Uh, I started my own personal research in this topic kind of along the lines of what you were inferring earlier when I was four, 39 to 41. And that was because <laughs> I didn't have time like for any life disruption. I had a full plate, two young kids, my own business. My aging mother was living with me, you know, kids in sports, all the things. And so I was like, Hey, I'm going to be, I'm going to outsmart the whole system and, mm -hmm. uh, and take action. And that was really the beginning of my own personal journey. And then of course I, um, changed careers as a result of that as well. So I was experiencing, and, um, you may or may not relate to this, but I bet you some of your listeners do. I was waking up at three o'clock in the morning, every mm -hmm. single day and getting up and working for three to four hours before my kids woke up. I uh, had brain fog that was starting to really debilitate my day-to-day -day life. Mm -hmm. um, I could make a list and I could stare at it, but I couldn't get anything on it done. And that was really scary because my family relies on my income and I'm self and I was self-employed. 
had a career in marketing and communications for 30 years. Mm. And, um, and then the third thing, well, there were some other things that happened too. I started to notice I had PMS probably for the first time in my life. I was starting to notice anxiety and depression, which I'd never really experienced before. And then there was this thing where um, I was losing my cool with my kids. Mm. And so that really scared me because that wasn't the type of mother that I had aspired to be. And so I thought, oh, I betcha all of these things I can put into a bucket called perimenopause and just put a label on it and blame that. Mm. And that was actually what I set out to do when I went to see my doctor. I was like, I've labeled all of this perimenopause. I'm going to point to it. You're going to tell me what the solutions are, and then I'll get on with my life. So at 41, when I said that to my doctor, and of course I didn't book a separate appointment for it because like nobody knew to do that. It was at the end of uh, a pap smear Mm. where she said, hey, anything else? Very kind of her to do that, but her hand was on the door handle at that moment. Like the 10 minutes were up, I mean. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, wait a second. I wanted to have a conversation, a conversation about menopause. And like my time was already up. And she said, You're too young. Mm. Which I immediately translated as all of this is in your head, Shirley. You're making it up. And the next words out of her mouth, which I do not blame her at all for, because I've come to realize what we what doctors have in their toolkits and she had a prescription pad in her toolkit and she said you can go back on the birth control pill you can uh, I can give you a prescription for sleeping pills and you can uh, uh, consider taking Prozac consider Mm -hmm. an antidepressant those are the options Mm -hmm. I don't have any problem if anybody chooses any of those three things, but I can tell you that at that point in my life, that was not what I was expecting Mm -hmm. as a response. Now, in hindsight, I have the luxury of going, oh, I know why that happened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But my reaction to it was a holy crap, you've got to suck this up and just get on with your life and try harder, surely, like push through. Right. Mm -hmm. And then few minutes later, I realized, uh, wait a second, I can't be the only person who feels this way. Mm. And so that's what started my research. Um, I went online. I was very disappointed with what I found online. This would, would have been uh, like over 10 years ago, but I don't know if you remember all there was pop-up ads on every website that you went to. Yep. All of the pop-up ads were how I could lose my belly fat in seven easy days, right? Seven yep. And I was like, oh, geez, really? <laughs> Is this what we're going to talk about? And then there was no community. There was no mm. um, place that I could, as a busy entrepreneur, have my questions verified. Mm. Like, is this right? Is this right? What have others done? So... I created it. (laughs) Uh, Long story short, I created it. But, you know, I thought at the time I was going to write a blog and that would be my gift to the world off the end of my desk. And um, the universe had some different plans. And so now I moderate uh, an online community, um, a private community of 50,000 women. My audience Mm -hmm. reaches about 300,000. And every single day, what I do is point women towards quality, health, verified 
evidence-based information because I know that they're as busy as I am or was, and we deserve that. Mm-hmm. We deserve it. I love so much of this, Shirley. And it's everything resonates so much with me when you're talking, just the fact that you help give women a voice and th- that you saw this need and you, you met it and yeah. it's like, okay, I need to find something in here. That's- I need it, so Yeah. And, and I love that you, that you were able to go, if I'm feeling this, somebody else is feeling this. I can't be the only one. Well, it's that's really feeling freaking this. scary to think you're the only one in the world <clears throat> who puts a coffee on top of her car and drives away, leaves her suitcase on the carousel at the airport. Like I, there were so many things happening. Let the dog out and forget, like just so many things. And I yeah. think too, like there's so many of us, like when you were talking about, you know, you, your demeanor shifted towards your children you know that's one thing you know in the last probably 10 years so I first went in um with uh heightened cortisol I went to a naturopath actually and he was looking at my cortisol levels and he's like oh they're really high like you looks like you're in perimenopause like he was great he was a really he was a great um resource and I said um I'm 33 and he's like yeah that's okay you know he was very and I said yeah I was the one that was like, that's too young. And I left. I didn't even, I didn't even want to hear that because here's what went through my head. (laughs) I am not going to gain weight in my stomach. I do not want to change the way I look. I, I was very, especially at that time, I've got a huge story. I had implants put in, I had a partial hysterectomy, different things with my body that I was like, I am not okay with my body changing. And all I hear about with menopause is this change that you gain weight. Mm. And I was so resistant to that. So resistant to that. And I was like, I'm going to be the one that avoids that. Mm. I haven't avoided it by the way, (laughs) but I've embraced it. I am going, this is beautiful because what I have also seen now as time has gone on there is this huge shift that's happening and happened. And I know that you will, you will know this is the internal, the internal acceptance of how you feel about yourself switches so drastically. Um, We probably can't go down the rabbit hole of the weight conversation, but I need to address it. Um, It's it's so nuanced. It's so complex and I work in a virtual space. And so there's absolutely no way that I can have a weight conversation in my community because it brings out a lot of the yeah. bad stuff. But the two things that I do want to say about it, one, there is way more of me to love. <laughs> I love it. Was last year or yeah. the year before or the year before that. Love it. And that happens here. Yes. She's pointing out her mind, you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The second thing that is a bit more challenging is that weight concerns generally come from external messaging that we have been socialized or cultural culturalized to believe. And we forget about the impact that weight has to our heart health and our bone health. Mm -hmm. And every 22 minutes in Canada, a woman dies of heart disease. Mm -hmm. So if there's an opportunity for you to get curious, lift the hood, 
look, you know, surround yourself with a health team who can support you in that, I say do it. Mm, I love that. Thank you. I love that you say health team. I've watched numerous of your videos and you call them a health team. And I I love it because it's I not know. like there's one. No, you there's... can't, you don't renovate a house with a plumber. You need yeah. to yeah, I heard you say that on one of yours and I was like, oh, I like that health team because it's true. I've got four or five people that I go and see, different ones oh, that I totally, see. Totally, totally. And yeah. we are speaking today from a very privileged space. So I, I know. work with every woman. Um, if you have the resources as I happen to do or the health benefits, um, that is a very privileged place to choose a health team. Uh, there's too many people in this country that don't even have a family doctor. There's yeah. too many people that have a family doctor who's not educated or experienced in women's midlife hormone health. So we, you know, we run the whole spectrum when yeah. we're talking about this. One thing I wanted to touch on was, um, first of all, the sweat waking up. We're going to go there for two seconds. I can't believe the pool that I, I wake up in. And 3.30, between 3 and 3.30 seems to be the magic number. And I hear this with numerous people that are in my life that are like, man, I was up again at 3.30. And they'll and she'll go, same, so was I. I go, what were you doing up at 3.30? And so it's a big joke, but I'm like, it seems okay. to be that time. Is there some sort of thing around that timing? Yep. Uh, so uh -huh. I heard you say a couple of things. So waking at 3 a.m. Um, is the very first thing I would check is cortisol. It's cortisol okay. balance. And going back to the first part of our conversation, all of those things that I was talking about in my early forties that I wanted to put into a perimenopause box was actually stress. Uh, <laughs> it was my cortisol is our stress hormone and my stress was off the charts. Okay. So stress and cortisol, mm -hmm. not age dependent really influences the hormones that are produced in our ovaries, estrogen and progesterone. So that's the connection there. Um, waking uh, too early is also a, one of uh, the um, diagnostic factors of insomnia. Mm -hmm. So if that is chronic, go address it, like mm -hmm. do whatever you can to address it. Don't push through because you can't make really good decisions any in any aspect of your life if you're sleep deprived. Amen. Third thing is if you're waking up, like if your sleep is disrupted because of night sweats, which the actual term for hot flashes and night sweats is vasomotor symptoms, mm -hmm. that's the equivalent of the check engine light going on in your car. So okay. it's not an invitation to push through and suck it up and do all the things that women are capable of doing. It's actually a sign that your hormones are fluctuating preparing for menopause, preparing mm. for the end of ovulation, preparing your body and kind of like giving it a wake up call that, Hey, I bet you've got three to five more decades you want to live on this planet. Mm. So why don't you pay attention to the hot flashes? Because it will ultimately give you an opportunity to invest in your heart, brain, bone, and vaginal health going mm. forward. So basically listen to your body. <laughs> and it's something that I talk about a lot with boundaries and people yeah. pleasing is listen to what your body's saying. So I love this. Okay. Next thing mm -hmm. I have attracted into my life. A lot of people that have had partial hysterectomies or hysterectomies, because I have had a partial hysterectomy six years ago, six years ago, I had my uterus taken out. I had seven fibroid tumors growing on it. And one was the size of a little cantaloupe. 
And I shared this a little bit on my Instagram story just recently, but um, I remember going in to the, to the, I was getting this bulge on my stomach and peeing all the time. And I wasn't sure what was going on. Of course, my periods were getting very heavy. And so I went in and the doctor saw me. I had no idea who she was. She specialized in um, hysterectomies in, and um, she just said, okay, we're going to have to remove your uterus. You've got we did an ultrasound, you've got seven on there, but we're not gonna be able to get them out unless they shrink. I'll have to do a C-section to get it out, blah, blah, blah. It was very formal, very, and as exactly as you said, this is what she knew how to do. So that's, right. this is exactly, and it was absolutely, this was her profession. This is what she, her expertise is. I need you to take this. I believe it was testosterone shot, right? Because if we've got fibroids, is it too much estrogen that's in our body? low progesterone. Okay. So I needed to take a shot to shrink them. And then, um, there was also this other sheet she handed me and she was, but you need to take this pill to lower that blah, blah, blah. Anyways, to even everything out within my body. I went back out to the car. This happened all within like 10 minutes. I said, not a word, surely. I didn't say a word because I was just panicking. I didn't know what was going on. I had no idea what this big growth was happening in my body. I went and sat in the, in my truck and I just started bawling. Like I just started bawling and I'm like, I'm not putting all that stuff in my body. I do not know what this holds. I don't know what's going on, but I'm not doing this. Something in me was just screaming to not do this. I'm like, I can't do this. There's gotta be a different way. There's got to be a different way. And so I actually reached out to my, at that time I ran a boot camp. And I reached out to my bootcamp community and I said, does anybody have any other ideas for this? Cause I had no word. I didn't know who to talk to. Yeah. And I had one client at that time and she said, well, my husband does, uh, and you know, this is going to be controversial and I'm okay with that. Does energy healing in the South, if you want to go to him naturopath. And I'm like done because anything was okay for me. I just felt off there. So that led me down the road of doing it all naturally and then getting my my uterus was removed, but I also attract a lot of those people after that. How did I do this? What did I do? Blah, 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 which is awesome. And I love sharing my story. Yeah. However, I am unclear how this is affecting my perimenopause menopausal because I don't get a period anymore. Good. Uh, okay. So I can help you with that. Yay. <laughs> uh, Cause I know other like women are going to be listening to this, feeling the same way going, I don't get it either. So what does this look like? I still have my ovaries. First of all, what you have just um, lifted the veil on is the gap that I talk about a lot. And that is we have failed to teach women the roles and responsibilities of our hormones when cycles are regular. So it's impossible for us to know what's happening when something is irregular in our mm -hmm. health, right? So progesterone is the hormone that's produced in the second half of our cycle when cycles are regular, estrogen is the first two weeks mm -hmm. and then progesterone comes in the second half. When progesterone starts to decline and it's like, if I could draw on our screen here, like a green roller coaster, like, and then slowly down on the other side, that's what progesterone does in perimenopause. It's that other side, that slow decline that starts way before your periods even might be changing. Mm. And when progesterone gets lower, low or lower and further apart from that estrogen, 
um, the first few things that start to happen are changes to mood, changes to sleep, and changes to bleeding. Heavy bleeding, when I hear heavy bleeding, and when I hear fibroids, I say, what's the root cause of that? Mm -hmm. Most women think it's they're unlucky. I must be just unlucky. I'm one of those people that bleeds heavily, mm. right? But we've failed to give them the tools and the information that's like, no, actually that's a sign of low progesterone. And mm. so if it's early enough and it's not impacting your other organs, your incontinence, your health, like I would never rule out surgery, but I wouldn't mm. go there first. Mm -hmm. I would be like, what can we do with your progesterone to maybe bring this back into a more manageable level state. So that's that. And then I think the second part of your question is um, you've had your uterus removed. You mm -hmm. still have your ovaries. You're 49 years old. What do I need to know? Right. And you don't have your period as your mm -hmm. marker or your guidepost. Mm -hmm. So um, the average, really you don't need to know anything. Like at the end of the day, you really don't need to know anything because the definition of menopause is one day. It's either the 12 month anniversary of your final period. It's the day you might have your ovaries removed if you have mm. a hysterectomy. And then for you, it's like this vague nuanced space that really doesn't matter because you're not making birth control decisions, mm -hmm. right? That's mm -hmm. what menopause is. It's the end of ovulation, the end of reproduction. Right. And so um, if you're not making a birth control decision, then you really don't need to know. But your bot, you want to prioritize your health, right? And you want to uh, be an, you know, an informed advocate for your health. So that this is what's really important. The average age of menopause in North America is fifty one point two. I would have no idea as to whether or not you have reached menopause yet, based mm -hmm. on your age, because you're forty nine. If you told me you were fifty nine, I'd be like, yes, you've you probably reached mm. menopause but you might be noticing some other changes, mm -hmm. so changes to mood, changes to sleep that might be indicative that hormone production is changing in mm. your ovaries. And there is no uh, random controlled trials that have actually looked at this, that we can finger point that women who have had their uterus removed reach menopause earlier. Mm. There's anecdotal evidence. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So then the next, the, to wrap that little sandwich up, we have to say it is in your best interest to get really curious about your hormone health, because you want to be making the proper investments right now in the next 50 years. Yeah. And uh, hormone therapy, you know, is one way uh, that we can get curious. It's not the only way I teach a pyramid usually to women and hormone therapy is at the bottom, like mm. address lifestyle, address stress, mm. address nutritional deficiencies, look for other conditions like thyroid or something else and get curious about hormone therapy and hormone therapy is approved for three things. It has other benefits, but it's approved for the treatment of hot flashes and night sweats, vasomotor symptoms. It's approved for the treatment of vaginal atrophy, mm. vaginal dryness. That's super important. Those things fall under an umbrella called genitourinary syndrome of menopause, which also includes incontinence and prolapse, 
which I'm bringing that up because if you've had a body part removed, you need to work with a pelvic floor physiotherapist and make sure that those organs aren't shifting and causing mm -hmm. things like incontinence or prolapse. And the third thing that hormone therapy is approved for is the prevention of bone loss. Mm. Women lose approximately 20% mm -hmm. of our bone mass within the first five years of postmenopause. Right. You do nothing else make sure that you're aware of that and that you have this investigative conversation about the potential benefits of hormone therapy for you because one in three of us right now our generation is projected one in three of us will break a bone due to osteoporosis mm. and that might be a wrist but it might be a pelvis and it might be a hip and you know those falls and breaks can be debilitating to our health <laughs> our yeah. health system, our family and so on. So, yeah. and it's, it's not wanting to take that chance. I, I knew the bone loss, the 20%, I was in the fitness industry for a while. And that one was just hammered into us as, as, as women. Yeah. It's crazy how fast you can lose that. Well, it's so funny. I'll tell you a quick story. I yeah, did good. an event like five years ago. Um, I think it's five years ago. And I you know, brought this doctor on and, and I was like, okay, I'm going to like lift the veil on bone health. <laughs> I'm going to ask her questions and she's going to give these magical answers, right? She's going to talk about vitamin D and she's going to talk about mm -hmm. calcium and she's going to like, just give us the whole thing. And I'm, so I'm like, okay, what do we need to know about bone health? She's like, one thing, don't fall. Really? And really? Well, yeah, because so back that up, right? That's the message. Don't fall. How do you make sure you don't fall? Well, it's the combination of strength building exercise, making sure your hormone health is addressed and the nutritional quality of the foods and the supplements that you take. And really nobody has the magic formula, but those are the three areas that you need to address. And if you only address two of them, that's a risk that you're taking, right? You'll address none of them. That's a huge risk that you're yeah. taking. Don't fall. I love it. So that's it. <laughs> well, don't fall means, yeah. uh, you know, means a lot of things. I, I have another friend who says, you know, she goes, um, and this has nothing to, well, it has something to do with bone health, but she's like, I do squats every day not to fit into my favorite jeans, but to make sure that I can use the toilet unattended when I'm older. I love it. I love and, it. Yes. And I it's know. really hard for us in this age and stage to think one day somebody might help me to the bathroom. No way. I'll squat. Thank you very much. <laughs> one day I'm going to need that bar. No. Uh, I know. I always think that actually doing stairs, that's what goes through my mind. Is and I, I will unattended. Yeah. I, I often will think that with stairs and I will, I'll do, I, right now I'm dog sitting in, in Maui and there's, we have this big field behind us and there's these, um, kind of cement block. Anyways, I'm doing step-ups while I'm out there. I'm like, I am not going to ever not be able to do stairs. It's just this crazy thing. Cause so stairs is my thing that I will just yeah. take the stairs at the airport all the time. Cause I don't want to not be able to do stairs. Yeah. So yeah. that's funny. Yeah. Um, there was something that you said in there that I, I wanted to tie it in just kind of like, um, part of your message is just that there's, there is so many different resources and research that we need to do with our own bodies and listening to our bodies. And one of them, 
um, that you said surgery wouldn't be the first thing, but you're not against it. It's just like, let's look at other. That's something that I can look back on now. And I, and it's not that I, I, I'm where I am. It's I'm happy, but I definitely go, I wish I would have known then. So if somebody's listening and this is the route that you're, that you're going on, or I have spoke to many women since my um, surgery and I wish I had done things a little bit differently moving forward with my own body, with my yeah. own health. I do. And I'm okay with that now because it taught me a lot where I am now. I, now I speak up all the time. Like I was somebody that wouldn't even tell the massage therapist they were going too hard on me because mm. I didn't want it. I didn't want to hurt their feelings. Yeah. 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 So are you kidding me? Telling a doctor, That's are you joking me? They knew best. That's one of the gifts that come with, comes with getting older. Is yes, that that's what I was saying. I'm, like I'm having a massage today and this is how I want it to go. Okay. And that's what I was saying. As much as there's so many different things about, about perimenopause, I'm like, oh man, the gifts almost outweigh it for me as yeah. a recovering people pleaser, as somebody that didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. I'm like, oh no, I'll take all the other things because I'm finding my voice in such a big way. So I'll take it. It's good. Yeah. That's me. That's me too, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you had a hysterectomy. There's probably other women listening who have chosen mm -hmm. an ablation, mm -hmm. which is uh, like a burning of the, the okay. Yeah, yep, yep. You don't have a period, but they're doing it to address uh, heavy bleeding. And the reason that I bring that up is because, like, yes, surgery is an option, and yes, an ablation is an option. But one of the things that I do preach quite a bit is find and treat the root cause. I know. I love that you so, said that. So get the ablation if that is going to, for goodness sakes, help you get through the day, help you stop blood loss, make sure you're not iron deficient any longer because of all the blood that you're losing. But that's not treating what caused the heavy bleeding in the first place. So we still have to back it up. And this is hard for us to um, hear and accept. That's our job. We can blame, we can complain, we can point the finger, but the truth is we live in a culture and a society where we have these siloed health professionals that we can go to. We talked about building a health team. Um, they're not all going to talk to one another. You're the driver of the bus. Mm. So that's your job. Mm -hmm. My job. Mm -hmm. One thing when I started down my, my own path of, of shrinking my fibroids, as I spoke about earlier, um, I did a lot of introspection of what was going on in my life at that time. And I was doing a, a cross Canada tour of speaking on stage. And I was sharing my life. I was sharing my story from stage. Well, my stress level was through the roof, through the roof, right? And I was traveling and I was this, and I was getting up and I was nervous and that it was, it was my first time doing a big thing. And I remember walking into that doctor and feeling like I was six months pregnant because it was, they were so big. And when I went to see this naturopath, he's like, your stress is let's shrink these. Your stress has amplified these. Yeah. They, it has magnified these so big. And at that point I was like, okay, that's kind of weird knowing, and I knew this, I'd done this before where I'm like, I know stress plays on the body in, in physical symptoms, but really like this. So when I started to do the work, it was three months before my surgery. 
And this is where I go. I know that if I had done more research, because they shrunk a ton. Mm -hmm. And I went in to go get surgery. I was laying on the bed and she comes over, the, the doctor that was going to do the sur the surgeon comes over and she goes, so did you take them? They didn't check on me anything. She's like, did you take the shot? Did you take the pills? And I said, nope. And she goes, well, what'd you do? And I said, Reiki treatments. And they're like, okay, well, you're going to go out now. And that was it. It was like chirp, chirp in the whole surgeon's room. And I'm like, well, okay, here we go. Like, it was just so, I just felt peaceful though. Cause I had shrunk them so much by doing different, different modalities. And yeah, I wanted to touch on that just because stress was such a huge thing for me. And yeah. that was such a huge thing on my body. I, and I have some resources on stress mm. if I want you to, or you want to include them. Um, I have one interview with Dr. Balpawa, who's one of the women's health leaders here in Vancouver mm -hmm. and, and it's called sleep, stress, and sex. And she does an excellent job of just explaining the impact of cortisol on the production of estrogen and progesterone. So on the ovaries and the, that mind body connection, um, it's really powerful. And we have another amazing resource here in uh, British Columbia as well. Dr. Lori Brado, all of her research is on, she leads the sexual health um, uh, research form at UBC and her mm -hmm. research is on the impact of mindfulness on sexual desire. Oh, that one would be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> that huge. would be it's huge. it's huge. Oh my because gosh! It, I mean, it can kind of we didn't even you. touch on that. We didn't even no, touch on sex. We're not going to because I want people to follow you and get to know you <laughs> through here. But I know you just have this wealth because that's a huge one, surely. Huge. Oh my gosh! If you're in a partnership and sexual desires and all, like it's huge. You touched a little bit on vaginal dryness. Yes, and I know there's a whole. You know, I just watched your whole um, uh, video on what was it? The vagina. I don't, I want to say vagina monologues, but dialogue. that wasn't, yeah, yeah. That was taken, but vagina dialogues. Dialogues. That was, yeah. that's why I said it. I'm like, nope, that's not the one because I know that one is out there, but I just appreciate you bringing so much of this, um, so much of this to light. And I know that, that women listening, this is what I love is that it isn't, it's getting to be more talked about for sure. But I think it's because I'm more open to see it as well. So as mm -hmm. soon as we open up to like, you know what, I want to, our RAS gets activated, right? It's like Toyota Tacomas are everywhere now that I have one. It's like, well, it's there. Right. You just need to be open to, to educate so yourself true. and to see it. Yeah. So true. So now I know that I do, I'm like, well, it actually is everywhere. I'm like, no, it hasn't been because I haven't been open to see it. So yeah. it's a real life thing. And a lot of my followers are my age. Or they're they're my age, they're or they're a little bit older, maybe a little bit younger, but it's happening. So yes. my advice would be follow Shirley first of all. And when I said I'm I'm I posted about speaking with you a while ago, I guess a month ago. Well, I had three or four of my followers. She's the best. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah. One of my good girlfriends, Angie, she was like, Oh my God, she's a wealth of information. She is so oh, so much so good to hear. That's so yeah. nice to hear. You're right. I mean, when I started this work it was kind of a lonely venture because there wasn't a lot on the, on the World Wide web, on the social media. Now there's a lot and there's a lot of noise and I'm really grateful mm. for that, but I'm also very cautious about it as well, because more conversations won't help women if they continue to perpetuate outdated stereotypes 
and myths and misconceptions. So I'm a real stickler stickler for quality information mm -hmm. and just setting the record straight. That's how we're going to move the dial. Mm -hmm. And we're going to move the dial, not just on like getting through whatever we think we need to get through. We're actually talking about moving the dial on heart disease and osteoporosis and vaginal atrophy and I don't even know the divorce rate. We might be able to like do so much if we just learn about how our bodies work and then know that we deserve to feel amazing. I think that's what drew me to you too, was that you have this, um, lack of a better word, this holistic view of it, of going, you can live your best life through this. Whereas like what you said, so much of it is lose the belly fat in seven days, yeah. how to stop hot flashes, blah, 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 blah. How not, you know, it's these cookie cutter um, fixes and a lot of it is self-blame too, which I drives me crazy. Yeah. Women yeah. will be like, oh, I, you know, I guess I must have to stop drinking coffee. No, you don't have to stop drinking coffee. Right. Like you love coffee, right? Right. Like, yeah, let's yeah, learn yeah. how our body works. And then. Yeah. Uh, or they say my mom had it, so I'm going to have it. it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Or they go, oh, it's in my family. Like, okay. Okay. Yes, there is part of that. Yes. But let's look at you because you're still a different person. Yeah. So, Okay. Fine. We're gonna wrap this up. Yay! I that was honestly, I I my notes are full here for me personally. I'm like, oh my god, okay, this is free. Um, if somebody's listening, which they are, and want to follow you or get more information, more resources, what's the best way for them to get you? I am gonna put it all in the show notes as well. Yeah, but I want to make sure that I just direct them to the right place. Absolutely. So menopausechicks.com is my website. Yeah. I am at menopausechicks everywhere on social media. And I do host a private online community. It's hosted on Facebook. It's called the Menopause Chicks Private Community. And you can ask questions. I host a lot of educational uh, events and workshops. I'm looking forward to speaking with you yeah. uh, in, in the summer, which I is know, like White Rock. Now. I it's know, so cool. I know on July 20th, it's a, it's a yeah. Thursday evening and it'll be, I know, I'm so excited to have the three of us there. The other thing I was going to say is I literally Googled your name and YouTube came up. So I watched, oh, I yes, watched your YouTube, YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah. And I watched your Ted talk and I'm like, I just want to research all about her. I love it. I just love how you, thank you. Uh, you have this articulation about yourself. That's it's very factual yet. It's not over our head. Mm. Does that make sense? Cause sometimes well, when, that's the goal. So thank you. Yeah, no, it's very much like, okay, I can do that. Okay. I just yeah, really, I, I really do just want to explain things. So I know it's a lot of information mm -hmm. and that can be overwhelming when you've got all the other things on your plate. And so I just want to give it uh, straight to women, raise yeah. their awareness, but not make it so overwhelming that they feel doomed because yeah. you're not doomed. It's just one step at a time. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much you. for taking the time to be here. I really appreciate uh, you being here for for me and my guests. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing you in July. Okay. Okay. Talk to you later, Shirley. Thank you. Bye.